This is the Healthcare Analytics Podcast with myself, Caleb Loya. Working with me is my teammate, Tatsuya Murao, who does a lot of editing, research, and everything else involving this podcast. A few weeks ago, we were approached by a biomaterials and bioengineering company based on the East Coast. And they wanted to develop a series of dashboards and reports from the systems that they had internally, from their ERP systems. But one of the things is that they had two data analysts who knew Excel really, really well, but were not knowledgeable on data visualization tools that they wanted to use. Precisely, they wanted to use Power BI to develop reports that were easy to use and understand for the executive team and for those within the, their organization. But one of the things I recognized in our meeting really quickly was that they did not have the knowledge as far as where to start on the project. They didn't have the knowledge about what tools that they wanted to use. They didn't really have a overall perspective of what to do with their data, and they didn't really outline specifically what they wanted from their reporting tools. And I got the feeling that they saw these new data visualization and reporting tools and said, oh, cool, look at this new tool and all the things we can do with it. But they did not know how to start from square one. They didn't specifically know how to begin from where their systems were and build out the reporting tools that they need and the data tools that they need in order to take their decision making to the next level. And as I kept thinking about this client and the way that we're engaging with them to help them improve their abilities, they weren't necessarily committed to doing a long-term overhaul of their database and their reporting system. But what they wanted to do was they wanted some quick wins initially so that they can prove out what they were doing as far as reporting, decision-making, etc. They wanted to prove that they could use specific tools within their IT infrastructure in order to improve their decision-making. And it wasn't that this biomaterials company was incapable or not intelligent enough to use these tools. It was more like, wow, you guys are a biomaterials and bioengineering company. What do you need from a data guy like me who just knows how to com combine data? Working with science on that level requires a lot of critical thinking, a lot of understanding of data, engineering, et cetera, in order to do what they do. And so isn't that they were incapable as far as intelligence or trying to find the knowledge that works for them? It's that data science and building out data tools was a big gap in their process, meaning that it was a big blind spot, that they did a lot of other things well within their organization, but database management, data reporting, and decision-making was one of the things that they didn't really invest as much time and energy into as they should have earlier on in the process. And so somebody like Arcos Analytics can come in and say, well, you guys are certainly sharp. We can at least give you enough tools so that we can help you along the way to decide on what you want to do. And that's what we decided was to help them with baby steps along the way to help them get to a place where they were comfortable so that if they wanted to build out an entire reporting system with a database, data warehouse, 
and data visualization tools on top of it that they could rely on our expertise, but also learn things along the way. And as we are continuing to engage with this client, I thought to myself, okay, how do I help people get from square one to where they want to go? And how can I give them the confidence to say, oh yes, we want to use these data tools in the best way possible and lean into using data tools to make better decisions without committing to an overhaul of their entire system. And so that's when I came up with a crawl, walk, run plan. And what this plan can do is it can help teams and organizations increase their confidence as their skills increase. So like a child who is first crawling and then walking and then running, it takes time to be able to build out the confidence in order to go from just being on your belly to being able to crawl and then a few months later being able to walk really clumsily and then being able to run over time. And then if you train yourself to run, then you can be a runner like Usain Bolt or a natural runner like Killian Jornet. But remember, everybody starts crawling. Every new endeavor requires the humility and patience to start with the most basic things. After those very basic things are mastered, then you can build on those basics in order to advance in skill set over time. And it's easy to forget that you need to start at a very, very basic level. Even if you're a high-tech bioengineering company with a lot of skills in terms of engineering, something like data science may be very foreign to you because you don't know where to start. And it takes humility to reach out to the right people to ask, okay, how do we start from square one? And how do we build this in the best way possible, knowing that we have the capability of becoming world-class in not just bioengineering or in healthcare, but in data science and decision-making? With this context in mind, how can you use the crawl, walk, run method in your organization and within your team? How can you go from square one to square 10 in a reasonable amount of time without straining your abilities? One of the things I would recommend is to begin where you are and say, what is the best next step? And so the way to do this is to say, okay, based on where we are, which isn't impressive, how can we get to the next best iteration that will get us to where we need to go? Going back to the bioengineering company that we're working with, they just wanted to take data from their ERP and report it in a data visualization tool. Specifically, they wanted to visualize it in Power BI. So what this means is that the first crawl step is to just import data from their ERP into Excel and feed it into Power BI. This would allow them to be able to use Power BI and data visualization reports that are a step up above Excel. And this gives them the ability to learn about data visualization in conjunction with their system without overhauling their system altogether. So that would be a crawl, is to take data manually and put it into a data visualization tool. 
After that, they can decide on what their walk initiative will be. And that walk initiative would be something like standing up a simple database that can feed data from their ERP into that database. And that's all that it would involve was just having an easy system to be able to maintain from their ERP to their database. This would allow them to build on top of their knowledge of data visualization and allow them to be able to easily monitor a database with five to 10 tables in it. From there, they can build in different automation processes in order to take this project to the next level. So they can then go from a walk to a run really easily because a run would entail, let's say, building an ETL process. It would involve taking their database and building it into a warehouse and it would take automating their data visualization so that they wouldn't have to touch it. Now that you understand this entire process, you can begin to build a roadmap about how you want to get from where you are to where you're going without an excessive amount of energy. All that being said is that the process from being able to crawl to walk to run should be organic, meaning that if you have a child, for example, I have a little cousin that was born two months ago, almost two months ago, and and that little cousin of mine, she's just at best just laying on her tummy and using her neck strength. That's all she's doing is just turning her head from one place to the other and trying to use her arms to get up in order to be able to crawl. But she doesn't even have the mental capacity to think about what it means to even run because she's not even there at two months old. And that's how it is with with any goal is that if it's more organic and if it's more natural, then you can start with something as simple as pulling in data manually and feeding it into a data visualization tool. And then you can start to think about how to optimize from there. And so the more organic it is, the more you can explain in detail and learn about the specific nuances of what you want to do. And it won't feel like a stretch. There are many times when I engage in projects and they understand the nuances of what they're wanting to do and they have done it before. They just need a better implementation system. But if you're at the place to where you're saying, okay, I don't even know how to implement this, then the best way to go about it is to start where you are and expand your knowledge base into those places that can improve your knowledge base, but also increase the skill sets of you and your team members. And now that you understand the crawl, walk, run method, I would like to share five key principles that have helped us out at Arcos Analytics expand our knowledge base into areas that are more cutting edge than we know right now. And specifically, one of the things that we want to do in 2022 is learn about 3D data visualizations and data visualizations that work in augmented reality and virtual reality. And we're using these same principles in order to apply them in this new field that we're undergoing. The first principle that I would like to share with you is about starting where you are and expanding from there. If you have a pre-existing knowledge base about data engineering or decision-making tools, then you can use that to go to the next level. 
For example, we've been able to work with many clients who are very, very skilled in Microsoft Excel. They have a deep knowledge base in terms of how to develop formulas, metrics, and how to use decently sized data sets in order to achieve what they need to do. And so if that's where you're starting, as far as being knowledgeable in Microsoft Excel, then you can use those data sets to learn the next adjacent thing. And so you can learn something like Microsoft Power BI that uses some formulas and the same logic that is based in Excel. Many people don't just jump from one skill set to another. It's usually that they bridge a lot of skill sets together and build a depth over time. In my example, I started off in finance and accounting, and I used Excel to build out reports and data sets. From there, then I used my skill set to then build on top of that to understand databases and data visualization. And then on top of that, I could now understand how data architecture works with all of the three, as well as extract, transform, load processes that bind it all together. And so you can stack skill sets together in order to build a greater level of comprehension. And this can allow you to be able to connect your your future skill sets to the skill sets you have now so that any skill set that you want to develop in the future isn't standing on its own. It's not an island on its own, but it's connected to everything else that you do and you work on. So if you start with where you are and if your team starts with where they are, you can make progress by asking what's the best next thing. The second principle that I would like to share with you is about looking for small wins that add up over time. Instead of having the approach of having a big, hairy, audacious goal that is very difficult to attain, you can start with one small win that can lead to another win over time. And if you have a limited amount of resources, this is a great place to start because you can easily show progress over time if you take it bit by bit or piece by piece. Last year, I was involved in a project where the executive team wanted to overcome a series of obstacles that involved correcting metrics and rebuilding parts of their enterprise resource planning system and other systems. But the way they approached it was not so much about getting small wins that add up over time to something greater. It was more like they wanted to overcome these obstacles by attaining the high goal all at once. And so when they approached it, they didn't necessarily think about all the steps that added up to the objective that they wanted. They just saw the objective as something easy to attain and then put a lot of resources behind it. We worked with them to take that big goal that they had and break it down into easy wins. But that conversation wasn't as easy as it could have been if they started by saying, okay, understanding that we have a data architecture here, we want to achieve small wins over time that shows that we're making progress. So if you can start from square one and attain a lot of easy wins that lead to your overall goal, then you can build confidence over time. And this confidence can flow from the project that you're working on to other pieces in the organization. And that confidence can be something like a teammate that learns a specific skill and then masters it in order to teach other people. 
Once your team or department attains a level of confidence in a specific area, then it's easy to share that confidence with others within your organization. And as you know, in winning teams, confidence is something that's very, very powerful. It's not so tangible, but that confidence can filter into many other teams and can positively affect your leadership ability indirectly. The third principle is to increase your learning curve by finding colleagues or experts who can help you along the way. Specifically, the experts that you want to look for in building out your decision tools involve either data science or data engineering. Now, data science and data engineering are very closely related, but I would like to take a minute or two to explain the difference between data science and data engineering. Often, these terms are used the same, but I would like to separate this out a bit, even though there's nuance between the two terms. I would say data science relies more on building algorithms that help you predict what's going to happen in the future. So data science relies heavily on Python, R, and other programming languages in order to take large data sets and give you predictive or prescriptive metrics. What it means is that it can tell you what's going to happen in a week or two weeks or a quarter from now, and it's very effective when used for forecasting. Data engineering, on the other hand, is used for gathering and organizing data. It involves taking data from your key systems and processing it in a way that helps you make decisions. This could involve building databases, building extract, transform, and load processes or ETL processes, and piping data into the systems where you need them the most. Data engineering also involves any form of automation that improves data accuracy and data responsiveness. So as you are looking to improve your learning curve and be able to lead your team and your organization better, Be sure to start with asking, is this a data science problem, a data engineering problem, data visualization, or anything else pertaining to decision-making tools or data tools? Once you know what you need to specifically learn, then you can reach out to those who are experts in that field. You can reach out to colleagues in your industry or in other departments who have mastered the same skill sets or can at least lead you down the path of training your team in the skill sets you need to improve upon. Likewise, you can also reach out to external experts who can have a fresh perspective on where you are and what you can do to improve your decision-making abilities. The next principle is about training. Be sure to train those within your organization and within your team to use the data tools they need to succeed. Level up their performance and their capabilities in order to help you become a better leader. This can be very, very difficult if many of your team members are strung out over a series of different projects, that they're overworked and don't have the time to learn new skill sets that can improve their abilities over time. What I'm saying is nothing new. If you have a team or a teammate who is working overtime to maintain the status quo, it's very difficult for them to take some time to learn new skill sets. 
And oftentimes, if they learn new skill sets, that it, they could improve their overall performance. I have seen this countless times in analytics and data engineering, where you have somebody doing manual work that if they learned a new way to do something, then they could improve their performance by 2x, 3x, 4x, and even more than that. It's very, very difficult to take a step back and learn, but if you can train your teammates and those within your organization to have a eagerness to learn, then it can help advance your organization faster than you might have otherwise advanced. And a classic example that I like to use is Google. They said that 80% of an employee's time was used on their work, but that 20% was used on special projects. And those special projects, I bet most of them were helping each person at Google improve their ability on the edges to be able to expand what they can do and to be able to learn new things. And dedicating 20% of your work is no small feat. That means that you have to carve that time out away from things that you're doing currently. And personally, I know that it's difficult to learn new things, but if I don't, then I'm going to get behind everybody else who is spending the dedicated time to learn new and advanced ways of achieving great results. So if you instill in your team and those within your organization that learning and training is a fundamental need, then you can move from square one a lot easier. That if there's a new topic or a new subject that needs to be learned, that somebody on your team can say, oh yes, I've learned things around that. I can learn this and be able to contribute to the team. And the last principle I would like to share is simple, but sometimes one of the most difficult to follow through on. And the principle is this, don't be afraid to ask simple questions. With my original example about the bioengineering team that came to us at Arcos Analytics about building data engineering tools, they had a deep level of expertise in bioengineering in biology and materials, but they didn't necessarily know about data science and data engineering. And so they had the humility to say, okay, we don't know about this. So let's start with the very, very simple questions we don't understand. Let's start by defining what we actually need, the tools that would be helpful and how to go from square one. If you don't ask how you can go from where you are to where you're going or from square one to square two, then how can you get to that place? It's easy to pretend that, oh, we're progressing from from square one to square two, but if you aren't asking the questions pertinent to square one, then it's difficult to progress from that point. And if you are at the crawl stage of any endeavor, you can't pretend to walk. The only way to walk is to learn how others walk, and to try to emulate that and learn the specific skill sets needed to go to the next level. So what I hope is that these five principles can help you become a better leader and help you advance from being a novice in a specific skill set to being world class. 
And these five principles of one, starting from where you are and expanding from there. Two, looking for small wins that add up over time. Three, increasing your learning curve by finding colleagues and others who are experts in data science and data engineering. Four, by training team members to advance their skill sets. And five, not being afraid of asking simple questions. Then you can achieve greater results than you thought possible. And you can reach out to us by going to arcosanalytics.com, finding us on Twitter at Arcos Analytics or on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you later.